Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax enrolled agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello, and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement rescue game plan. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is that retirement rescue game plan? And what it is, it's a physical, tangible packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, uh, inflation risk, and more importantly, tax rate risk. Now, in that game plan, you're going to get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. You go to the site, you put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, you go to warrenwealth.net. All right, so um, here we are um, uh, towards the end of May, and um, we are, uh, the heat is starting to kick in. Um, Memorial Day weekend is this next weekend, um, which, you know, we will not probably be, be doing our show over Memorial Day weekend. Um, you got any plans? Uh, what are you doing on Memorial Day weekend? I do. I will be in New York City. New York City? Yes. That's right. Anyway. Go um, to Central Park. Yeah. Go Central see a Park, show on Broadway. All, all the touristy things. The uh, Statue of Liberty. Um, Empire State Building. Uh, say, oh, <laughs> Almost said Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Tower. Yeah, that's yeah. the wrong New York, um, I think. Yeah, wrong New York? <laughs> yeah, wrong city. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm uh, um, going to chill, hang out, um, have a good time, and just uh, relax. Take it easy. Do you ever, uh, do your parents uh, barbecue? I know you won't be there, but do your parents barbecue on, like, those holidays, the barbecue days? More so, like, yeah, more so, like, July 4th. But, yeah. But mm-hmm. Memorial Day, you're supposed to mm-hmm. you should be barbecuing. Yeah, Juneteenth, yeah. you should yeah. be barbecuing on yeah. Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. All of those days. Anyway, let's. It's, it's the American way. You have to barbecue. Uh, yeah, Come I on. mean, bar- barbecue or, or just about? eat big yeah. double burgers with uh, mac yeah. and cheese and onion rings on top. That's the American way. Just get big Sold. and bigger. Done. Yes. Anyway, let's get to Money Matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. All right. So um, I guess this segment we're going to cover really a, um, a critical issue that affects uh, most Americans, um, and that is this ongoing debt ceiling crisis, right? This debt ceiling crisis that uh, has uh, at least some people talking. Um, and so when you, when you think about it, this, this um, uh, issue that we're having, a crisis, it has a, uh, some far-reaching implications for our economy and really the financial well-being of um, you know, us Americans and families across the country. So let's do this. Let's dive into what's happening and what really this debt crisis means to, to all of us. So the debt ceiling is basically uh, the legal limit on the amount of money the U.S. government can borrow to finance its operations and meet its uh, financial obligations. So it's basically like a credit card limit. It's set by Congress. And uh, once you get to the max of the credit card limit, uh, uh, if you want to surpass it or you want them to increase the limit, then government uh, has to uh, work out their issues in order to raise um, that, that debt limit. Now, if the government surpasses the limit, it can't borrow any more money until the debt ceiling is raised. Now, at the moment, we are facing uh, a significant hurdle because the debt ceiling, it has been reached, and the government is basically operating on borrowed time. 
so the Treasury Department, um, in the meantime, they've been employing um, a lot of extraordinary measures uh, to keep the government running without breaching that debt ceiling. Um, however, these measures are only temporary and really can only buy um, us a limited amount of time. So what are these extraordinary uh, measures uh, that, I, that I'm speaking about? So, um, you know, to manage the government's finances um, and prevent uh, breaching uh, that debt ceiling, there were a few different maneuvers um, and some creative accounting, that I call it, um, uh, that uh, is uh, giving the, the government a, a quick uh, uh, pass for the time being. So one of the things they're doing is they are suspending, you know, certain investments. So the Treasury, uh, they can suspend certain investments in basically federal in employee retirement funds, such as the, uh, the Thrift Savings Plan, or a TSP. Um, the TSP has a government securities investment fund, and they can just basically stop um, uh, investing in, in that. And that basically frees up cash that would have been used to purchase government securities. Instead, they allow the Treasury to use those funds so they can pay and meet their other financial obligations. So that's one. A second thing uh, they do basically is, um, I said some creative accounting, or they utilize what's called cash management, uh, different cash management techniques. So, so what the Treasury does is they, uh, they want to implement or employ various cash management techniques to ensure that the allocation of cash is strategic. So they'll prioritize payments to uh, critical obligations like, Social Security, Medicare, defense contracts, while they'll delay or they'll reduce payments to other government spending. So basically it's like, um, you know, when I was, when I was fresh out of college, um, I was fresh out of college and I was broke, um, you know, bills would, would come in and I had decisions to make, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You get that check yeah. and then I have decisions check in my one hand bills in the other and in the middle is my mind making decisions like our u.s government like okay i can pay this water bill but let me hold off on the cable bill or okay i can pay the rent but i'll just pay half of that car payment you know what i mean and you know or 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 it's like when you get that that lg and e bill and you initially get it, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to wait till the brown letter comes in. I'm going to wait on the brown letter, and those who, those who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. You wait on that brown letter from LG&E before you decide to make that payment. So basically what I was doing all along back when I was uh, fresh out of college and broke is I was doing what the government is doing, which is utilizing cash management techniques. That's good. All right, what else can they do? Um, well, they can temporarily suspend the issuance of debt. So what does that mean? That basically means that the Treasury can temporarily halt uh, certain types of debt instruments, such as um, uh, government, uh, local uh, bonds and Treasury securities. Um, basically, by doing this, uh, the amount of debt that the government accumulates reduces and they don't have to pay out those obligations by uh, issuing more debt uh, to themselves. And then last uh, but not least, as far as what the uh, federal government can do as far as these extraordinary measures is they can uh, utilize legal authorities to shuffle between accounts, right? Move money from one government agency to another to cover their bills. Sounds legit. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it's basically, it's like, hey, it's what, hey, the government and finance and accounting is really the same for the federal government and even for households, right? Mm -hmm. You bring money in, and if you have more bills than you have money coming in, there's a debt, right? Correct. And how do you go about shuffling that debt and then making ends meet? You basically utilize cash management techniques or you do what they do here. You know what? They just move money between accounts. They rob Peter to pay Paul. So a lot of times, you know, when, when, when you're thinking about uh, budgets and finance and all that stuff from, from uh, individuals 
to small business, to big business, to the federal government. It's all the same. You have money coming in and you have money going out. And hopefully you want more money coming in than you have going out. And our current situation is that's not the case. And it's important to note that uh, those measures that, that I talked about are really just, just short term. Uh, they're not sustainable solutions. So, um, you know, the, the, the debt ceiling crisis, it can lead to a host of problems. Um, first and foremost, it can trigger default on our financial obligations. That basically means that the government might not be able to pay all of its bills. So what are some of those bills? I'm going to tell you, Social Security, military salaries, interest on our national debt. So a default would have severe consequences for our credibility and basically could plunge our country into a recession or even a financial crisis. And, of course, the impact of some sort of default, if it would uh, get to that point, um, it would basically have ripple effects throughout the whole in, throughout the whole economy, right? So, like I said, Social Security recipients, veterans, federal employees, you may face delays or even temporarily, you'll get temporary halts on receiving what that money you need to pay your bills, right? So that ripple effect. And then if interest rates go up, right? If interest rates have already been going up, but interest rates could spike. And that makes it more expensive for individuals and businesses to borrow money for mortgages, car loans, or investments. And if that happens, of course, we could fall into this recession that we've been waiting on for, uh, for a while. So, you know, it's crucial to recognize that the debt ceiling crisis is really just a matter of confidence. Um, let's talk about Wall Street. If investors and creditors lose, space in the, lose faith in the U.S.'s government's ability to meet its obligations, then um, it could increase borrowing cost. Uh, it could not only impact the government, but it could trickle down to, of course, businesses and us individuals, making it harder for us to access credit. And then, of course, there's the political dynamics of all this. Raising the debt ceiling um, requires bipartisan support in Congress, which, of course, there's not a lot of bipartisanship going on right now. Um, and unfortunately, in, in recent years, you know, these discussions have become, um, you know, uh, contentious, just to say, uh, a lot of gridlock, a lot of uh, posturing and grandstanding. And uh, many lawmakers, uh, they argue that uh, the debt ceiling does not equate to the or raising the debt ceiling does not equate to the government uh, getting a blank check to spend recklessly. And so they just bicker back and forth and back and forth. So, you know, as, you know, negotiations continue, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here in the next few days. Um, you know, if not, hopefully uh, here uh, soon, you know, we'll, we'll see if they raise that debt ceiling, which I think they will because they always bicker and bicker and bicker, and then they end up raising it. But, um, you know, we're going to stay close to the situation and keep you all informed. All right. Coming up next, we're going to discuss how this um, pending debt ceiling crisis, how it affects retirees and what you can do about it. You are listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Diddy. So this is Mr. Blue Sky. Okay. By the Electric Light Orchestra. Came out in 1977. All right. Number uh, 35. Okay. In the U.S. Good. Number six. Hey. In the U.K. Okay. There you go. So top 40 hit here. There we go. Yeah. There you go. Not bad. I like it. Me too. Mr. Blue Sky. Sounds like a, a little Beatles ripoff. Didn't say the Beatles. A well, little bit. Or, or maybe kind of ish. Some, mm -hmm. some of the ditties. But then again, it also sounds a little like um, the Partridge family. <laughs> you know what that is. Anyway, welcome nope. back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request that retirement rescue game plan. All you got to do is go to warrenwealth.net. 
That's warrenwealth.net. And you'll get a physical packet of information that includes uh, two copies, not two copies, two of my books, some financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes and Retirement. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. All right. So I was talking about this debt ceiling crisis that is uh, impending and looming, and you hear it in the news and Congress and the red and the blues are going back and forth, and um, we'll see if um, uh, we're going to get an increased credit limit on our credit card so we can continue to spend. But um, with all the bickering and babble that goes on back and forth, how does it affect retirees, right? Because this is a financial um, investment uh, show focused on people who are near and in retirement. And so how does it affect you? So um, how does it affect you? So in addition to um, some of the, you know, the broader impacts on the economy, um, it can have specific consequences for uh, retirees. All right. Um, And so, you know, you've been working your whole life. You've uh, getting your pension, getting your Social Security. You have your investments in your IRA, your 401k, and you're just kicking back and you hear about this crisis and you're like, "Eh, it doesn't seem like it can affect me. It seems bad. But, you know, it's just the same old, same old with uh, our government. But, oh, no, contraire, mouvrer. Let me tell you how, how it can affect you. Number one, let's talk about those Social Security payments. We all, we all know that most retirees, they receive Social Security, right? But if the debt ceiling isn't resolved, there may be challenges in ensuring that those payments are going to go to you, that they're, whether they're going to go to you on time or if they're going to be paid in full. And of course, what does that do? That creates more uncertainty and financial stress for those retirees who rely for Social Security as a significant portion of their income, by the way, which over 50% of Americans rely on Social Security as their major source of income. So that's significant. Fun fact, $25 billion in Social Security benefits are due to be paid on June 2nd. Mm-mm. Just June 2nd, not the entire month of June. The day after we're supposed to run out of money yes. and not be able to pay our, our bills. $25 billion in Social Security benefits and $47 billion in Medicare is due on June 2nd. There you go. And those are go. those health care costs, right? Um, health care, essential for retirees. And any disruption in that debt ceiling is going to impact your health care access, right? If the crisis leads to a government shutdown or funding cuts for Medicare, then, of course, that's going to create issues and challenges because you're going to have to pay potentially out of pocket, if you have it, until the government resolves those issues. And let's talk about, uh, let's talk about uh, some more guaranteed income. Let's talk about pension payments. Um, we know that retirees, some retirees uh, receive pensions, right? But if the debt ceiling isn't resolved and it leads to an economic downturn or any financial instability, then it could put pressure on companies and organizations that provide pensions. Number one, if your government, if your government pension is there, you know, you may see, you know, some of that uh, disrupted. If you have a pension with an outside company, uh, with any kind of economic downturn and any kind of uh, craziness that happens financially, it could cause some companies, they could want, they could reduce those pension benefits or, you know, I could, I'm going to catastrophize a little bit, or some of these pension plans could fail, right, which would obviously be detrimental to your long-term financial health. Um, you know, not sure if that particular thing would happen, but I got to lay out everything that would be on the table. And then last but not least, we have how uh, we have, we have Wall Street, right? And retirees have investments. Like I said, you have your money in your 401ks, your IRAs, your regular brokerage accounts. And if this uh, debt ceiling crisis isn't resolved, then uh, it creates instability. And what do the stock markets hate? They hate uncertainty and they hate 
instability and it increases volatility. And this can have an impact on the value of your investments, your stocks, your mutual funds, your exchange traded funds, bonds. So if the stock market declines or if interest rates continue to increase due to uh, the debt ceiling, then you're going to experience a lot of that volatility in your portfolios. And if you have to pull out more because maybe your social security payments have stopped or have been disrupted or aren't a hundred percent of its value, you may have to pull out more from your savings and retirement plans. And if there's instability, then you could be pulling out of a declining uh, pot of money that you're used to, to having, right? And so when you see that, that could be uh, financially devastating uh, to your retirement and, and really your, your retirement future. So what can you do now to kind of mitigate some of those things that could potentially happen? And like I said, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of bickering. It gets, you know, you, you hear it on the news all the time and people get nervous and nervous. And most of the time they come up with a resolution. There was one time though, when they did not. That was back uh, when Obama was in office and for a brief period of time, they didn't raise the debt ceiling uh, or for the first time in, um, I want to say American history, our, uh, our credit rating, our credit score went from AAA and it went down, uh, I guess, to AA or whatever, whatever that next level is. Uh, but then we raised the limit. And so, you know, of course, um, you know, they got it figured out, but that was the one time where we, they didn't raise it by that due date, and there were some disruptions uh, for a little bit, but they got it resolved fairly quickly. So what can retirees do? Number one, you need to make sure you have a budget and a financial plan. Review your budget. Look at your expenses. Are you living within your means? Are you going to have to make adjustments? You want to know why? Because if your Social Security is stops for uh, a month or two weeks or whatever that may be, uh, where you don't get it all, um, how is that going to affect your, your budget and your lifestyle? Um, I would make sure that you uh, diversify. We say that all the time. Diversify your investments because the stock market doesn't like uncertainty. And when there's uncertainty, there's volatility. And when there's volatility, if you have all your eggs in one basket, you can experience that volatility, volatility to the downside and be upset. So make sure that you are diversified. Um, and then also just stay informed. Um, you know, I wouldn't recommend watching this 24-hour uh, news cycle, um, you know, or watching, 20, watching news 24 hours a day because you will uh, drive yourself crazy and just think the worst is going to happen. Um, and, of course, the worst could happen, but more so than not, just like I said, they end up resolving this before uh, there's any real issues because, you know, there are certain politicians that if we do, we don't raise the debt ceiling, um, uh, they, that's going to be held against them when they're, when they are up for reelection. So a lot of them want to get a deal done. Um, speaking of that, um, you can advocate, right? Call your, uh, representatives, do all that stuff that they always tell us to do, you know, voice our opinion, voice our concern, uh, you know, make sure we call our congressmen or our senators. You can do that. But I just know that uh, a lot of people don't think that um, the debt ceiling will affect them until it's too late. And then they realize, oh, wait a minute, uh, I'm not getting my Social Security uh, payment this month. Um, wait a minute, uh, Medicare, uh, that's been halted for you know, a month or so. And then that can be uh, uh, a big slap in the face. So make sure that you are up and uh, staying aware and planning for the worst, but hoping for the best. All right, um, let's do this. Um, we don't have time for an email, um, but we'll uh, we'll get we'll get to that. So coming up next, we'll um, we'll answer your emails, and we'll also have a tax corner from D. Look at that! You're listening to the Marcus Warren Show. Okay, there we go. Oh yeah. So, so this is Redbone. Okay. And um, <laughs> Redbone, right? Come and get your love. Okay. Came out in 1973. All right. Great year. Okay. 
Number five in the U.S. Here we go. In UK, no idea. Aww. Yeah. They don't know about Redbone in the UK. No, they don't. Or they did, but they uh, wasn't enamored by uh, Redbone, mm. like obviously, uh, or the song like the U.S. was. There you go. Anyway, we're back. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net where you'll get a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You got to protect your hard-earned money. From the IRS, once again, go to warrenwealth.net for that Retirement Rescue Game Plan. Now, as promised, it's time to get to your emails. Yes, it's email, email time. It's time to check the mail. Hey, listeners, if you have a question for Marcus, just visit warrenwealth.net and click on the Ask Marcus button. Put in your question. Hit the Submit button. We'll read your question, see if it's a good one, and we might answer it on the show. Once again, go to warrenwealth.net, click on the Ask Marcus button. If you have a question that you want to ask us. First one today is from Oscar. He says, I'm planning on retiring at the end of this year, but now I'm nervous. With the recession and the crazy stock market, of course, uh, debt ceiling crisis just talked about, should I be putting my retirement savings in cash? Well, um, Oscar, uh, the answer to that question is no. Um, Number one, you don't want to just convert all to cash. Why don't you want to do that? One is because of inflation inflation. Uh, Inflation is high right now. Um, Although it's come down, it's still high. So if you have your money in cash, in essence, you're basically losing money. Now, um, there is a lot of uncertainty that's out there uh, in the market. Um, And of course, with with the economy, we've just been talking about the the debt ceiling. But um, you have to make sure that you have a diversified uh, portfolio. By the way, as you get closer to retirement, what you have to make sure that you're doing, Oscar, is you, you are taking money off the table. I'm sorry, you're taking money out of your risky investment. So the general rule of thumb is what's called the rule of 100. So you take your age, um, you, you, you take the number 100, you subtract your age, and whatever's left is what should be in investments that can go up and down and up and down. And right now, if you have a good portion of your money in this crazy stock market, then you might want to reallocate and put it in investments that aren't going to be as volatile. So what are those investments? It's um, uh, bonds, um, you know, some fixed annuities, things that aren't correlated to the market. And you need to make sure that you have a healthy um, portion of it in there because the one thing that you have to focus on when you're in retirement is the return of your money right? While you're working, it's about the return on your money. Um, You know, the money going up and up and up, you're putting money in. Um, The stock market is going up and down, up and down, but you're putting money in your retirement plan. But when you retire, and as you're getting close to retirement, that changes. And now when the stock market goes up and down and up and down, and you're pulling money out, that's what you have to be cognizant of. So no, I would not just go to cash, I would make sure that um, uh, a lot of your money is, or a good portion of your money, depending on your age, like I said, using that rule of 100, are in investments that aren't correlated to the market, are basically safe. And then on the other hand, you never know what's going to happen at the end with the market. That's why you have to keep up, keep up with inflation and have at least a portion of your assets in the stock market. You what know, else? You okay. know what that reminds me of um, is um, – I think a fallacy that we we see a lot with investors, retirees, um, um, when a market goes down or when specific sector of the market goes down, everybody reacts to that by chasing something else that they think is going to um, put them back on their recovery. So, for example, um, if one year um, energy, energy sector is down but tech is up, people who are invested in the energy sector then want to invest in tech the next year because they look back and they're like, well, last year, this, this went up really high, so I want to get into it last year. They end up chasing what was high last year, um, which yep. negatively impacts them because um, I think studies have shown there's that chart of elements that has shown that the 
industry or the sector that's up one year isn't necessarily the one that's going to be up the next year. So if you're looking backwards, it doesn't always work. If you're reactive instead of being proactive, it's not always beneficial for you. No, it's really never beneficial when you're reactive versus proactive. And you want to know what um, <clears throat> Wall Street calls those those types of investors who do what you just said? Yes, what? They call it the dumb money. Mm. The dumb money. That's what the dumb money does is they are – when things are doom and gloom, they're running to the hills and taking money out of a down market. And then when things are fantastic and great, that's when they're putting money in. And you should do the opposite. You're supposed to buy low and sell high. But what you end up doing or the dumb money ends up doing is buying high and selling low. There you go. Don't be dumb, people. Don't be right. dumb. What else we got? Okay, next question is Mike in Shelbyville who says, I've read about Roth conversions, but I can't really figure out if it makes sense for me. I really like the Roth IRA and wish I knew about them when I was younger. Now I'm trying to decide if I should convert my IRA to Roth. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are you, you, that's exactly what you should be doing. Um, now, you should do it in a um, systematic and uh, strategic way. Um, that's what we help our clients do. So, you know, I wouldn't do it in all one fell swoop. So what basically what a Roth conversion is, for those listening and don't know, is basically when you take money from your tax-deferred accounts, an IRA, 401k, 403b, and you move it over to a Roth account. Now, that is a taxable event. So the amount that you move over is fully taxable in the year that you converted it. So if you convert $50,000 from your IRA to your Roth, then you have $50,000 of tax taxable income. And if you have any other taxable income from a salary job, from interest, from rental properties, whatever it is, it gets piled on on top of all of that other income. So you have to be smart and cognizant and strategic about the way that you do a conversion. Um, and right now, um, one of the things that we do for, for our clients is we do a um, one is an investment review where we see where all your what all your investments are. And then we look and we see what bucket that falls into, what tax bucket that that falls into. So you have your taxable bucket, you have your tax deferred bucket, and you have your tax free bucket. So we lay it out and then look what, where your money lies. Now, we talk about this all the time, that we believe that taxes are going to be a lot higher in the future um, than they are right now. Why is that? Well, we've, we're talking about it. We're talking about this debt ceiling crisis, right? We're already, what, 32? Are we at 32 yet? $32 trillion um, in debt. Um, if not, we'll be there by tomorrow probably. Um, anyway, um, and so the government has to go somewhere to pay their bills. And it's either through, one, cutting a bunch of programs or two, uh, bringing more money in. How does the government bring more money in? Well, they just tax us. That's how they do it. Tax us. That's what they do. And so um, uh, we already know that the Trump tax cuts that we got back in 2018, they expire in 2025. That means that at the very least, we are going to see tax rates go up uh, going into 2026. Now, what I believe will happen and I really haven't talked about this uh, a lot, is I believe that we will probably kick the can down the road a little bit further. Um, meaning that I think that um, when those tax cuts come and they're about to expire, I think that Congress may extend it out another four or so, four or, or so years, right? Say to 2030. Um, and with that creates even more opportunity because we already know that, by the way, there's a... Um, um, a uh, former U.S. Uh, controller uh, named uh, David Walker, who basically says that um, the government will have to double taxes um, uh, by 20, by, by around 2030, because they're going to see um, their debt obligations just uh, continue to rise. And so, but this creates opportunity, uh, Mike, to move money from that tax deferred bucket while to the Roth, do a conversion now while tax rates are on sale do continue to do that. So when tax rates do go up and when these uh, Trump tax cuts expire, you would already have taken advantage of the lower tax bracket. So if taxes do double, like uh, David Walker says, um, it doesn't matter because you've already moved money to your Roth. Now, what if taxes double for the money that's in your Roth, right? When you're taxed basically at 0%. 
zero, you double zero, what do you get? Zero. You are getting that money tax-free. That is good strategic advice. Now, there's a lot of, uh, um, you know, fine uh, minutia that, that goes into that. Like I said, you have to be strategic. And so what you're going to have to do, I suggest working with a good fiduciary advisor who uh, understands investments but also understands taxes. Oh, who would that be? That would be me. That's one of the reasons why, Mike, I have the uh, number one uh, financial uh, show here uh, in the region. Um, you know, I get a applause for that all the time. It's because we talk about not just investments, but we also talk about taxes. And that's more, a lot more important when you're retired and you're pulling money from those accounts. So there you go. Let's, uh, we got time for one more. Let's do one more. Comment. Sorry, one okay. more. Yep. Uh, Debbie from Crestwood says, my husband is 68 and we have not started taking money out of his 401k yet. I'm concerned about taxes going up if we wait until age 72 it's 73 now the rmd age um she says we don't need it now but considering all this should we con- should we consider drawing money sooner before that rmd age hits that's what she's saying all right well um maybe um you know it's, it's tough to talk about your specific uh situation uh debbie however um it's, it goes in line with what i was just talking about um it might make sense. I don't know if um, I, I would suppose that maybe you're probably taking Social Security now. Uh, if not, I know you can take it at 70 and you say your husband's 68. You don't say how old you are because you're never supposed to ask a woman their age. Um, but, um, you know, I don't know if you have if you have a pension, if he has a pension, if there's any other income coming in. Um, but it may behoove you to um, look into um, – uh, at least taking some money out and moving it over to that tax-free bucket. Just like I said, taxes are at historical lows right now. Um, it might make sense to, to do something like that with, um, you know, these tax cuts expiring here uh, pretty soon. So, you know, I would suggest going to warrenwealth.net, um, you know, schedule a, a quick 15-minute phone call so I can find out a little bit more about your specific situation, uh, and then I'll be able to give you, um, you know, some, some more detailed uh, advice. Um, but I don't think that, that, that people, you know, really um, uh, understand the impact of taxes, you know, mm-hmm. once you're in retirement, until it's too late. You were just talking about people being reactive versus proactive. Mm-hmm. This tax planning is a proactive measure to save you money down the line. Um, you know, yes, can it be tough to pay a little extra in taxes now? Uh, yeah, it can from a dollar standpoint, right? Hey, you, you know, your taxes, if you don't, don't convert, say it would be $2,000, but now you're going to convert and now it's 5000 But that's not what we're focusing on. Number one, uh, we're in the lowest tax rate environment that we've had uh, in a generation. If you look down the line, you, you, we talked about our $32 trillion of debt and all the unfunded liabilities, Social Security, Medicare, all the stuff that the government has to pay for, which, by the way, they may not be able to pay for just until they raise the debt ceiling, right? And so what can you do? You can focus on your personal economy, be proactive, and start making those changes now. Like I said, for those of you who are listening and need help, give our office uh, a shout-out. Go to warrenwealth.net. You'll see a link there that you can schedule a 15-minute phone call and we can help you out. All right, that's all we got. Thank you, D. Coming up next, we're going to jump into some news you can use and news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Oh, yeah, a little Rupert Holmes. You know who that is? Nope. <laughs> well, this is the gentleman who was singing this song. Okay. Um, it's called Escape. The Pina, Pina Colata song. Okay. Is that how you say that? Yes. Pina Colata. Okay. That's how you do it. Right. I like this song, though. Because I do like uh, Pina Coladas, right? Yeah. Sometimes I like getting caught in the rain. Okay. Um, you know. Anyway, <laughs> you know, it's good stuff. I like it. 
Anyway. Oh, by the way, song came out in 1979. Okay. Number one in the U.S. Wow. A top 25 hit in okay. the U.K. Okay. There she is. Yes. Yeah. All right. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. I need a pina colada right now. I know it's early, but why mm. not, huh? Uh, yeah, hey, when in Rome, mm. there you go. <laughs> when but uh, those of you who would like to sip a pina colada, uh, you can do that while ordering your retirement rescue game plan. All you got to do is go to warrenwealth.net, and you'll get a copy of my two books. You'll get some financial reports and then access to my webinar that's entitled Taxes in Retirement. Once again, all you have to do is go to Warren wealth.net that is warrenwealth.net and did i mention one did i mention that it was free because it is all you got to do is go to the site all right i'm done but uh let's uh let's jump into some news you can use All right, Walt Disney Company has canceled two major investments in Florida. The company is halting plans for a new corporate campus in Florida that would have relocated more than 2,000 employees, mainly from its parks division, to uh, Lake Nona in Orlando, coming from California. Separately, Disney is also closing its Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser experience at Walt Disney World. Oh, hold on October. now. Mm-hmm. One of the most expensive attractions where uh, visitors are basically immersed in a Star Wars-themed adventure for multiple days it's closing down uh, in an email to staff the head of Disney Parks experience and, and products division announced that employees will no longer be asked to relocate to Southern California hundreds of employees had already moved to Florida and they will be given the opportunity to come back I've got a couple comments on this first uh, I, I've heard um, talks about this building an employee community before as well with I think SpaceX and Tesla what is the benefit like what does that benefit other than the company maybe having all their employees in one location. Does it make them more productive, create a community? Like, what is that for? Yeah, I, I would all say above. yes <laughs> and yes. Yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah. See, you have an idea. Go, to, yeah. So you have no questions. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Okay. You know what it yeah, is. The company has <laughs> uh, been embroiled in a legal battle with uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who last year criticized Disney for publicly opposing a bill that he had championed. Um, and then Disney recently filed a lawsuit against the uh, Attorney General, I think, and the state of Florida, um, saying that basically the attacks from the governor are anti-business and they're targeted towards them and um, they yeah. want them to stop. You know, it, it's interesting to me how, um, you know, one is, you know, uh, I just know that uh, the governor there... Um, you know, I don't see how this is a good idea. No, well, it, it's, I would say that, that it's hurting the constituents because mm-hmm. if there aren't investments there or job creators there, right. then that just uh, is, it, it's, it's not uh, anything that's beneficial for the state. And, um, you know, at least I thought that um, the party that the governor represents is a pro-business party mm-hmm. with small or little government interference. Mm-hmm. And it seems like um, it's, it's just the opposite of that. And so um, we'll see how that uh, works out. I know that the, uh, um, the um, what is he, mayor of Miami um, was not happy with uh, Disney's announcement and, you know, yeah. the reason that, that they're leaving. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how this, how this plays out. But, you know, it's like people just making statements now. No one's worrying about the actual people or the people that they represent. It's just yeah. let me make uh, a statement and um, I'm going to hold the line and that's it. You know, uh, yeah. people be damned. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. It doesn't make any sense at all from a uh, standpoint of, like you said, helping the economy, bringing no. jobs. No, that's um, what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's what you're supposed to ride your coattails on. Yeah. You know, yeah. make, make it, it, it's the economy. That's yeah. what it is. Yes. Way back in. It's the economy, fool. <laughs> Get the economy going. Yeah. Although, I bet you. The California employees mm-hmm. who now have to take their butts or have the option to take their butts back to California mm-hmm. are like, blah, 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 Wait a minute. Yeah. I had zero. I went from uh, a bunch over-taxed. of state taxed, yeah, <laughs> yeah. overtaxed, to zero taxed. Now, you're saying you want me to go back to overtaxed? 
Mm, I'm gonna rethink that. that. I don't know about that. You know, is uh, is Carnival Cruises hiring? That's probably what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I want to stay what, here. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, Montana's governor signed the country's first bill that outright bans TikTok. The legislation, of course, grew criticism from TikTok's uh, owner company, ByteDance, and also from free speech advocates, including the American Civil Liberties Union. The Montana ban is set to go into effect January 1st of next year. The law would bar TikTok from appearing within the state, would also forbid app stores like Google and Apple from making TikTok available to download within the state of Montana. Uh, TikTok and app stores would be liable for fines of $10,000 a day for violating the law. Individual TikTok users would not be punished. In response, a group of TikTok creators are suing Montana State Governor General. I was just going to say that this is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Until it gets through the courts, yes. like it's going, they're going to hold it up, file an injunction. It's not going to go through, and um, yeah, it's um, kind of another one of those. Um, well, ma- I mean, make a statement, make a statement laws. Definitely make a statement. However, you know, there is some stuff, you know, with TikTok that uh, probably needs to be monitored a little bit better. Yeah, well. um, you know that that really even amongst amongst other other things, but. You know, with with uh, TikTok and that uh, you know the China connection. Yeah, before TikTok, our phones something. didn't track us, right? Before TikTok, yes. nobody, no other company tracked our our movements and our um, you know purchases and our conversations. Right, but it wasn't uh, a government that we're not a, a fan of. That's true. That's the thing. Hmm. All right, uh, what else you got? Some Tesla investors have expressed concerns in recent months that Tesla's board hasn't done enough to keep Mr. Musk focused on Tesla. Those worried have been fueled in part by a slump in Tesla share price, increasing competition in the EV market, and Musk's, of course, takeover of social media company Twitter. He, by the way, also runs uh, SpaceX. SpaceX. Tesla has lost nearly half of its market value since its last annual meeting, which was August 2022, where interest rates were lower and demand for electric vehicles was more robust. Um, a recent wave of price cuts contributed to a 24% decline in first quarter profit. Of course, Musk recently announced that he is hiring a Twitter CEO, uh, NBC Universal executive. So he can focus more? So he can probably, yeah, focus more on the businesses that are successful. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Tesla... You're right. The stock price basically almost been cut in half. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. uh, for, you know, that's basically from last year. That's right. August 2022. Yeah. And so. About a year. Um, you know, so he's like, okay, um, maybe my, you know, my midlife crisis purchase of, tick, of, of a Twitter. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe I need to get back to, you know, doing what uh, I do best, which yeah. is worrying about uh, EVs and space. Right. You know. Yeah. Focus on Mars, Elon. What yes, are you doing? Yes, Come on. Yes. Do that. On. Please do Get that. Get off Twitter. Stop tweet. He's got he's got all this time to tweet and I don't understand <laughs> how. He's responding to conspiracy theories. He's just cracking um, corny jokes and, and posting weird memes and it's just like, what are yeah. you doing, man? You're a billionaire. Yeah, well, yeah. And, three and companies. Yes, and at least the uh, Tesla stuff. For now, is, billionaire. That, yeah, that <laughs> net worth has been, you know, cut a little bit. Um, but we'll see how it goes. But I, I think that's smart. Hire a CEO, focus on your strengths, and go from there. Yeah. All right. Thank you, D, for that news you can use. But we know what you all really are waiting for. You're really waiting for the news you can't use. A German court last week found that a landlord sunbathing naked in a courtyard of his building wasn't a reason for his tenants to reduce their rent payments. I disagree. The case involved a building which also included an office floor that was rented by a human resources company. The company withheld rent because it objected, among other things, to the landlord sunbathing naked. In response, the landlord, of course, sued the uh, sued the company. The court sided with the landlord. Of course, and and, and they won. I, I knew <laughs> he was going to win. Of course, you just can't decide on your own. I mean, yeah. but okay. Well, the, the court said that yeah, the usability it. of the rented property was not impaired mm-hmm. by the plaintiff sunbathing naked in the yep. courtyard, and I again disagree. Well, luckily you're not a judge. <laughs> 
I mean, I don't know what you don't do. What is he doing? What is like? What? Yeah, but that has nothing to do. One has nothing I to do with the that's other. That's true. Yeah, you, you can move out. Yeah, you can move out. Plus, you, you still like, have what you paid for, which is the usual the spot. Yeah, spot where that that you're renting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Anyways, I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous, and you know. I um, mean, I know this is. I guess is, I've heard that this is what uh, you know happens in Europe. Naked sunbathing. You've got the nude beaches, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, you, you have those in, mm-hmm. in the U.S. Nudist oh, colonies really? and all that oh, stuff, okay. too. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. so what? Yeah, maybe, I don't know, go to the beach instead of oh, in oh. the courtyard of the building that you're the landlord for? Just I'm yeah. just saying. That, just a suggestion. That he's what? The uh, landlord of? That he yeah. owns? Mm-hmm. That's right. right. I guess. I guess Germany's a free country, too, right? That's right. Okay. All right. What else you got? <laughs> a University of South Florida professor broke a world record for the longest time living underwater where he marked his 74th day at it's at a resort it's at a jewels undersea lodge uh jewels undersea lodge which is in key largo like a submarine type thing um yeah kind of yeah it is it's a small space atlantis they built an atlantis kind of 100 square foot habitat 30 feet below the surface of the ocean Uh, he plans to stay there until june 9th where he will reach 100 days and complete an underwater mission that he's dubbed project neptune 100 he's basically conducting some research to see you know stupid the effects of living underwater on the body Right. Oh, so he's doing the science project. Yes. Well, good for he's him. A, he's a science professor. Good for That's him. That's right. Yeah. He's also teaching from the underwater habitat. I bet he is. What a nerd. <laughs> anyway, thank you, D, for that uh, news you can't use because no one can use it. And we all know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to The Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.